all the rest of you. And again, I trust that you had a great holiday. You know, these holidays are wonderful. Amen. But, you know, you can just take so much of them. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm ready just to get back to business. Hallelujah. There's a revival spirit here. Amen. There's the spirit that can help us, bless us. And everybody in this world, I don't care how nice they look, how well they're dressed, don't care what kind of car they drive, they are in need of a touch from God. They're in need for direction from the Lord, and that's what that's what we're about here in this earth. Praise God. Amen. This is Thanksgiving week. I mean, Thanksgiving's past, but we're still, this past week was Thanksgiving week, so I just felt like since we've not had any church, that I still needed to at least deal with Thanksgiving just a little bit. And not a masterpiece of a message today, but I just feel like it's something that needs to be said to help us out. I don't fit in too good, with, and I, and I do it. You know, we have a Christmas message, we have Easter message, we have Mother's Day, Father. You know, we go down the line, and Thanksgiving is the same. We just feel like we need to say something about Thanksgiving. Amen. But the bottom line, the thing that's underneath all of that, amen, is our desire to reach souls, help you in your battle with your flesh and with the enemy that's always on your case. Amen. And none of us are exempt from that. But the Psalms 104, familiar, we quote it a lot. We hear it quoted, Psalms 100, verse 4. Amen. If you have your Bible, but if you don't have your Bible, just look right up on the screen. I think we, uh, I think we quote it so much that we don't stop and get what really in that scripture out of that scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalms 104. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I think that's what we've been doing here. Just, oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Now, that's a, that's a short little scripture, but it's quite a bit in there. There's some directives in there. Hallelujah. He's assuming that you are going to the house of the Lord. So he said, enter into his gates and do that in a certain way you come into God's house. Come in with thanksgiving. And when you get to the courts... Amen. This is this is what it is right here, right, right here. Amen. With praise. How, how are you going to have a real church without worship and praise? Amen. But then that last part, he says, he, the directive is be thankful. We got, well, I don't know if I'm, well, you need to just be thankful. I was just be thankful. <laughs> he didn't beat around the bush about it. He didn't build up to it to say it. He just said, be thankful unto him. And bless his name. I'll let you be seated just a moment, but just just let's just stand to get this little part right here. It seems to me that thanksgiving and worship, Brother Green, is so closely connected. In other words, thanksgiving is connected up with worship and praise. Now that's a good one right there because that's what we do here. All right, but I think Thanksgiving is the foundation for that. It's the springboard. I think you could praise, and you, if you didn't have, if you wasn't thankful or grateful for the things you have or the things that you know, it would be going through the motions. You, 
you could do that. You could just kind of get with the group. And, you know, I've been places where, you know, the, you know, they get a rock group or something singing. Everybody's crazy. They got numbers on their shirts. You know, they just come from the football game. You know, anybody can join in. But but if you're if you're truly grateful, if you do stop and think about, oh, you know what? The food I I eat today, God provides that. The air I breathe. God provides that. And you can go down the list of things that we just take for granted. The car that you rode here in. Amen. Somebody sweated and toiled and God provided that. But we don't think about it. We just go push the button and get in and push the button and take off. And and we don't think about it. But folks who are truly grateful, thankful for the things that we have. You, you, listen, you want to get deeper than that, just travel to some third world countries. Watch people ride on the back of a flatbed truck. When we're in the Philippines, they came to church and they brought, they brought little bags of beans. When the offering took place, they didn't have any money. And they brought little, I didn't know what was going on for a while. And they kept bringing those little bags and I asked the pastor, I said, what is, what's the little bags? He said, they have no pesos. They bring their offering, some type of an offering. And you can ride one of those little little things with a sidecar on it, the guy pedaling a bike. You can do that. And they said, you usually get to church doing that, and, and it costs a penny. And one lady said, I have no penny. I do not have a penny to come to church. And you compare us with that and the money that we waste, but the money that is provided to us from somewhere, somebody, Amen. Amen. You begin to think about that, then I believe the gratefulness and the thankfulness begins. We begin to realize it, and then a praise comes forth. Then worship. That, that's You get the platform of thanksgiving underneath. Hallelujah. You ever go in a restaurant nowadays? Do you see very many people offering thanks? Oh, no, they just go to eat. They just start eating like a bunch of animals. I'm not saying that to be ugly. You just look around. In fact, those of us that do pray, we're like, I wonder what they're going to say about Listen, I got to the point where I don't care. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for this food. We know who provided this. I thank you, Lord. I'm grateful for this. Hallelujah. So you can see where I'm going right now with this Thanksgiving message. It's a message of worship and pray and you can't truly worship and pray you can make a noise and you can clap your hand you can lift your hands and you can even shout amen but you can't truly praise and worship God unless you really are thankful hallelujah let's clap our hands to the Lord one more time hallelujah Man, look around, look around at a couple people. Amen. You don't have to tell them how good looking they are today, but at least smile and shake their hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want to make you start lying already. All right. You could say the bishop told me to say you're good looking. <laughs> Bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, good to see Kevin and Wendy. They're not guests, but Sister Wendy's grandmother passed away, and uh, they was out of service or two. 
Glad to see them back and all the rest of you. Amen. Amen. The scripture text here clearly directs us to be thankful and to worship. In other words, bless his name. Hallelujah. Acts 3. I'm going to give you a few scriptures here. Acts 3. Amen. Remember the story of the lame man at the gate called Beautiful? This is right after Pentecost. Amen. Third chapter. It was poured out in the second chapter for the very first time. Amen. And so here they are in the third chapter. Peter and John was on their way up to the temple to, at the hour of prayer, and they see this lame man that had been laying there daily. Amen. Because they probably didn't have social services. They didn't have a welfare program. They didn't have social security or any of this. They, the only way he could make a living was take his little container. Amen. I don't know if it was a tin cup or whatever it was, but he was crippled from his mother's womb. He was born crippled. He had been that way all of his life. Amen. And the Bible says, I'm, I don't know, uh, but if he was there daily, those guys passed there a lot. And they saw him there. But this day, something was different. They were just freshly, newly filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that's a step beyond accepting Christ, okay? All right. They went on and got the Acts 2.38, amen, the Holy Ghost message, amen, and they received it right here. But 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 Peter and John, I like, I could preach a whole message on this. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to use it just a little bit, amen, to move on to the next place. Amen. But but notice there's a lot of look at me uh, going on in, in, in Christianity. Amen. The preacher, you know, especially if he's young and good looking and has a beautiful wife and he has a gift to speak, you know, it's it's like look at me. Put the spotlight on me. But I, I love what Peter said. Peter did not say look on me. Peter said look on us. <laughs> he included others with him. Amen. This is not about me, okay. Amen. It's about all of us together. Amen. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I. I was expecting him to give him some money. But Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. So he spoke some powerful things to him right here. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, watch this crippled man that could not walk and never could walk. Amen. And he leaping up stood and walked and entering, amen, with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. Amen. It just seems like the natural thing to do when the goodness and the power and the presence of God is so obvious and so real. He had just been healed, so what else do you think he should do? Just maybe ways wave one finger or just smile and be happy. No, this guy was leaping and he went to church, amen, with Peter and John. Listen, some people say that if they were healed, they'd leap too. Let me, let me just ask you a question. Why don't we leap because we don't have to be healed? Why don't we shout because we're already healthy? Hallelujah. A different way to look at it maybe. Hallelujah. Praise God. Acts 16, when Paul and Silas realized that they couldn't get out of prison, they, they prayed and praised the one that they loved and the one that they were grateful for. Thank, talk about thanksgiving. Hallelujah. How could they do that? Amen. At midnight, verse 25, 
of Acts 16. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And suddenly, you want a miracle from God? You want something to happen in your life? That's why that we went on beyond most religions and most... Listen, religion is good, but it's man-made. Somebody said, he got religion. No, no, he got an experience from God. He went on past religion, all right? Hallelujah. Amen. They prayed and they praised God right into their prison. You got problems? You sure you do. Amen. Like all the rest of us. But some of us have found a way through this. And By the way, let me tell you something. The way out of your trouble, the best way out of it is through. Not around. Not bypass, over. No, no, no. No, the, I'm saying the best way to get to the other side of this is through a bunch of stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. God broke in in order to break them out. And all started with praise and worship. Hallelujah. And that's called, and that's called a breakthrough, Brother Brian. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. He broke in the prison. Listen, wouldn't it be something that right in the middle of your test, your lion's den, amen, your Red Sea experience, if God just came in there with you? Sometimes God doesn't deliver us out of him. He just goes through it, through that with us. He's in it with us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. First Thessalonians 5 and 18. Amen. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Now, now listen, that may not be too bad if everything's going well and your bank account's full. Well, mine's never been full, but I mean you have enough. That's what I mean by that. All right? Sure, we can praise God. Not really. We think we can. We can really praise him when we get down to the bottom and the bank account's empty. And we don't know how we're going to get the rent paid. We can't pay the... That's when you can... If you think about it, that's... And that's the reason God allows these things to happen. That's why they, they, that's why they come upon us. Amen. But this scripture tells us that there is never... When he says, in everything give thanks. What that means to me is that there is never a reason or an excuse for us not to worship God. Christians ought to get that, and I think we do. Amen, because I can just imagine. I don't know. We don't need to hear each other's troubles today, all right? And that's not what I'm here. I'm not here to hang out the, the laundry, all right? But I'm just knowing, been, I've been preaching long enough and dealing with people long enough to know when you get two or three people more than two or three together, you've got all kinds of problems. But the church just learns. Listen, when you see a person with a nice suit on or a nice dress and a nice hairdo and they drove here, don't, don't, don't just think that everything's well with them. You know, don't just assume that, oh, look at them, they don't have. No, 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 they got problems and they have had problems. They've come through a whole lot of problems and they may be in a test right now. And so you can't, a Christian, you can't just say, oh, I could worship too if I didn't have a bunch of problems. No, no, no. We just learn to praise anyway. We just learn to shout anyway. Just clap our hands anyway. And that, my friend, we've learned that that brings God right into our situation with us. You ever feel all alone, all by yourself? Oh, I'm just suffering and everybody else is just wonderful. You know, David said, my, he said, my foot 
almost slipped when I looked and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He got to looking around, and he said, I, I, I almost lost it because I saw everybody else. That's the trick of the enemy, my friend, to look around and see, although they're doing really well. They may not be doing so well, but they've learned how to bring God in, amen, to the problems and the, and the issues that's going on in their life. Hallelujah. Just learn how to praise him, amen. Just praise anyway. Just shout anyway, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, it'll bring the presence of the Lord, right? Listen, there's no place that you can ever be. You can't get bad enough or low enough that God won't be there. I've preached it for years. Listen, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place right now. I felt him on the first song. I felt, I felt God's presence, amen, the first prayer we prayed. But I have to be honest with you. I felt more of the presence of God in morgues. Now, that, now, we usually use that because a morgue's kind of like, you know, you don't, you know, that's where dead people are. And so they're like, no, no, I'm talking about just really feeling God. Why? Because people are desperate there. Folks just lost mama. Amen. Grandma, daddy. Amen. My son's gone now. You know, that's where people are hungry and desperate. Amen. And you begin to feel that need. And you know what? And in that need, that's where God is. That's why God came walking on a stormy sea, amen, with the disciples thinking the boat was just about to go down. Listen, that's a type of us, my friend. It's just not an old story back there for us to read and say, ooh, no, 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 that's our life. That's a shadow and a type of things that we go through. And they were scared. You know what? They were so afraid and they were so scared they didn't even recognize him. They thought he was a ghost. And the first thing he says, amen, fear not. God will calm your fears. He can get you to the place where when it gets, looks like that this is the end. Amen. You say, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Why? Because we just placed it in God's hands. Hallelujah. Amen. But Paul and Silas was in this prison. Amen. You know, and Paul is the one that wrote, you know, give thanks in all things. Amen. How could they do that? Their backs were bloody from the beating they had just received. Amen. They were in this dirty, stinky prison, and they had shackles on them as if the prison wasn't good enough. And so they put them in, and, you know, to humiliate them even more, they shackled them in there. Amen. Where was this wonderful, powerful God now? That's how the human mind thinks. Amen. If God is so good, why? Let me tell you why. Amen. God wants us to praise him. That's where he lives. Hallelujah. That's what the dips are about. That's what the trouble is about. That's what the sickness is about. That's what the financial issues are all about. To get us to truly and honestly praise him. Hallelujah. Where was God? Hallelujah. Amen. Paul and Silas knew something that I hope that we can learn, amen, amen. God was and is where he always is. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. In the praises of his people, read Psalms 22 and 3. I mean, that, it'll tell you that, amen. But he didn't say, notice this, God does not inhabit the complaints and the gripes of his people. Didn't say that. He said he inhabits the praises. 
We can complain all we want. Doesn't bring God's presence around. We can whine all we want, bellyache all we want. Doesn't guarantee God's going to be there. But God guarantees us to come when we praise him. Hallelujah. In everything, give thanks. We really ought to contemplate this truth. We ought to. It is a truth. Amen. Why would a God that loves us give us this kind of a directive? Let me help some of us right here. Hallelujah. We're all praying, and I think I'm right here, against hardships, sickness, financial trouble, and a, and a list of all kind of pressure things, all sorts of things. And we want situations to change. But God, he wants us to change. Did you hear me? Anybody hearing this? I want, to, I want, I want God to do, no, 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 no. Listen, he's more interested in changing us than changing situations. I know what we want. I know what I want. Amen. But God wants praise. God wants worship. Hallelujah. Listen, now the angels were created to worship. You know, they're just mechanical. But God gave us a choice. That's what makes it such a blessing. See, we have a choice. You don't have to worship God if you don't want. The Bible said God took pleasure in man. And the real pleasure is when a person with a free will decides, we decide, wow, a God that created me, he formed me in my mother's womb, he watched me grow and develop. He knew me before I was born. He brought me to a Pentecostal, Holy Ghost, apostolic church. Somebody preached truth to me. I felt his presence. I was a sinner. I was undone. I was in search of God and didn't know it. Hallelujah. And so my choice was simply this, God, listen, I've never felt anything like this before. I've never heard anything like this. And my decision was simply this, God, I'll be whoever and whatever you want me to be. I'm not my own, but I've been bought. I've been purchased with a price. And so I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stick with you, Jesus. I'm going to stick with you. Hallelujah. But we want those things to change, but God wants us to change. Listen, here's what we pray for. We, it, this is only natural. We pray for the smoothest path. See, that's only natural. Amen. But the smooth path doesn't always lead to where we need to be or want to be even. But that's what we pray for. The Apostle Paul understood that when he wrote in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him. Listen, this is a guy who'd been beaten with stripes. He'd been imprisoned. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd been left for dead, stoned, all kind of things. Listen, so he had a little wisdom, Brother Pastor. You know, he understood some things now. He said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. And he didn't stop there, but he said this, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conform. Listen, the only way, listen, we can think we understand how pain feels. We can think that we got it all figured out, but, but you really don't know until you've been there. Is that true or what? Is that true? Hallelujah. You, you know, when the, when the pain, I, I, got to, I got to thinking 
you know, I had this, it was several years ago. It was the first real trouble I started having as a human being, physical problems. I'd always, you know, I could do my one-handed pull-ups and, you know, climb a tree or I could do anything I want. I could run a foot race with any of you. I could have back there. I can't now, but I could. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, I just was all out. And I prayed for sick folks, and they got healed. I didn't understand what they were going through. And I'd felt this little pain up in here a little bit. And my wife said, you need to go to the doctor. I said, no, no, I'm okay, you know. And I'd, it'd subside and I would, I'd be our, But that kidney stone got in that tube that goes from your kidney down to your bladder on my right side. I know all about that now. I didn't know a thing about it. But I prayed for folks with kidney stones. And, and you, know, just, you know, just felt like I was compassionate. I really wasn't compassionate. I didn't, know, I didn't know what they were going through. But that day I was here. Uh, we lived in Hampst- uh, up in Manchester, and we would come here every day, and I'd do church work, and we would do outreach, and I'd, do, I'd work on the building. That day, my wife had to go out somewhere. We only had the one car, and, uh, and when, just as she was driving up, coming back to where I was, I mean, that thing hit me, that pain hit me here so hard. I'd never felt anything like that. I'm like, ooh. You know, and, and when she walked in the door, I said, let's go to the doctor. <laughs> you know, it's just never a manly thing to do. The wife always says, would you do that? And the man's always like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm, you know. Hey, but that day I wasn't fine. I didn't mind telling anybody I wasn't fine. In fact, you know, I'm, I, you know my wife, obviously, apparently she's a good driver. But, you know, I I'm kind of, I'm take the wheel mostly. But that day she was driving, and... Uh, I, I was on to her case about driving too slow. She's passing everybody on the road, getting to the doctor's. I'm like, could you speed up? <laughs> I went through that ordeal, and it just seemed, Brother Green, amen, that when I would pray for somebody, I repented. I had to repent. I had to like, oh, God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, I acted like I played the part. I thought I was praying. For, I thought I was compassionate, but now I know what pain feels like. But God said, that's not good enough. Amen. We're going we're gonna to do a couple other things for you right now. Now the next thing, you're going to have cancer. You know, and then that was painful. I said, you know, the nurse said, nurse came in that day after my bladder surgery and it took the cancer out, and, you know, and she said, she said, sir, are you in pain? I said, listen, pain is not the word. I said, I'm I just going to add misery on it. It's just pain and misery is what, if you want to know how I feel. And a, and a, a, a scale of one to ten, I said, mm-hmm. no, ten's not high enough. Let's just go right on out. See, and that, that, was, that was my take on it. That's how I felt. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> but now I feel, and I repented again. Y'all, y'all listen, I, I, I went th- I've gone through those little things like now my you know, the doctor, you know, checking my heart. You know, some time after that, he was so afraid. Here's the little pills. Here, Pastor, you got to, in fact, we're going to get you in, right? And I said, no, this is, it was Friday. I said, I got a weekend. I got to preach. <laughs> he said, no, no. He said, yeah, he thought I was going to just fall down. I mean, he was looking at me. Wasn't a, he was a good doctor. He thought I was fixing to, like, grab my chest and fall down. I said, no, no I'm going to be fine. But I'll see you maybe on Monday or Tuesday, I think is what it was. But he gave me the little pills, all the directions. I'm on call. If you have any problem, you just call me. Call an ambulance. 
Amen. Woke up from open heart surgery. Amen. Looked around at my family. I'm going to tell you, folks. I'm off of my notes. But I'm going to tell you, I just, I wept. Not because I was in pain that time, but because I knew people that had been cut open and didn't have anybody, Brother J.D., to gather around them. My my daughters and my daughter-in-law and my son and my wife, they were there looking over me when I came to. And I thought, oh, God, I'm so grateful that you blessed me with a good wife. You blessed me with a great family. You blessed me with folks around me who care about me. Amen. There's folks who don't have that. And so I went into repentance again. I'm not going to bore you with all of this. Amen. Amen. But, but, but we want the smooth road. We want everything just right. Take care of all this, God. But you know what? If we got it all smoothed out, we probably wouldn't live right. I remember sitting on the platform with my bishop. I was his assistant, amen, years ago. A little boy, amen, had been shot. A little six-year-old boy. Kids playing with guns. Kids shot him, killed him. Little boy, little six-year-old, cutest little fella. Man, I said, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with this? I mean, this is horrible. What good could come out of this? God. And I'm sitting with the bishop. I was doing part of the funeral. I really didn't know. The bishop really threw me for a loop. Amen. Just the two of us were talking. The house was cram-packed with people. And he saw the question mark, what do we do? He saw the confusion in my mind, which way we're going to go with this. And he just simply, like he can do, just kind of blow you out of the water. He said, this is my cup of tea. I said, what? He said, we're going to reach some people today who are literally unreachable. But God knows how to reach them. You think about good. No, no, no. We, see, we want that. Oh, that's a little six-year. It is horrible. You can't put a price on that. I don't know. I knew the parents. I don't know how they made it through. I have no idea how they made it through that. But I do know, amen, hearts were stirred, hard hearts. People that wasn't darkened the doors of church. People wouldn't bow their knee to God. They wouldn't think about praying, amen. But let me tell you, they were praying. Amen. God is no respecter of person. God will do whatever. God loves us so much that he will go to the extreme to reach us and bless us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of the trouble that life throws us, amen, it's not God's will. But here's what we understand as Christians. Nothing can happen to us that God cannot use. We start questioning, oh, well, what? No, it may not be his will. This kind of problem, this kind of trouble, amen. Listen, God will be at work in those things to make them turn out for the good. See, God let us in on stuff that nobody around us knows. They don't understand this. We just see the here and now. But God's looking on down the road. Listen, it won't be long until we begin a brand new year. I mean, we're in November. I don't know where this year went. Amen, it's gone. The year 2019 is upon us. Amen. 
and, and, and if God doesn't come back today, what we're going to do, all of us, we're going into the future. And we have a choice to make. We can follow the spiritual leader, leadership of, of somebody, or the vision of somebody that's in touch with God. We can worship and praise. We can give thanksgiving and bring God's presence. We, we, we can do that. Or we can be pushed and shoved by our problems. But one way or the other, we're going into the future. <laughs> That's what we got to understand, all right? Hallelujah. One way, we're going. <laughs> but I would rather go into the future praising. I'd rather, I'd rather move into the new year praying people through to the Holy Ghost. I got to get another Bible study. I got to teach somebody about this God that loves us. Amen. And he wants us to love him back. Let's all stand. I'm not done yet. Amen. Hallelujah. But one thing we do have to learn, and we've learned along the way, amen, speaking of pressure, you don't have to go where the pressure is trying to push you. <laughs> Did anybody get that? Amen. Sure, there's pressure. We all have it, but you don't have to go there. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm expecting God to do some good things. I, I'm expecting God. You know, Paul mentioned this. He mentioned that God apprehended him. Now, we, we talk against that and we preach against that. Amen. Like, man, no, you know, if you don't love God, you don't, you don't have to worry about God. But, but Paul put it in words like God just got a hold of him. Wouldn't it be awesome? Amen. They used to have an old song. Amen. Back when they used to rot an egg, the, the Holy Roller churches, people would shout and they got away from, you know, the traditional. And the Holy Ghost was being poured out in our part of the country where we're from. And I, I think that happened a lot of places. They would throw rocks at the preacher and come in. I remember one, I met a guy one time who said he rode his horse right up in the middle of church. He didn't believe what they were doing, and you know, and he just wanted to disturb and mess up things. And Amen. But there's a, somebody wrote a song. Amen. I went there for a fight. But I tell you that night, something got a hold of me. Hey, remember that? You know? Amen. It, it, this is not my ending song, but I, I just I just sing this. Oh, something got a hold of me. Something got a hold of me. I went there for a fight, but I tell you that night, God certainly got a hold of me. Listen, I'm praying and believing that there's gonna be folks walking here. You got a still got a choice. Hallelujah. Oh, but something can get it. We know what it is. Something. When folks get to praising, amen, folks get their hands in the air. Somebody goes to shout, amen, amen. People start feeling it. Hallelujah. That's all right. Hallelujah. Amen. This is a Thanksgiving, if you want to call it that, a Thanksgiving message. But there's an old song, amen, a chorus actually. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed, my soul has found rest. Come on, sing it with us. Thanks. Let's give him thanks right now. Come on, join with us. So blessed, my soul 
sing it with us, sing it with us. Thanks, thanks, I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed, my soul has found rest. Why don't we just come to the altar today? Why don't we give thanks? Come on, join with us. If you're a guest, you're welcome to come with us. Just join. Just stand. Somebody said, I don't know how to worship. Amen. I remember thinking that and wondering that same thing. I was a new convert. None of my folks were in church. None of them had not been brought up in church. And I was wondering, how do you, how do you worship? Teenage young lady right beside me, she taught me the lesson because I was just listening to her praise and worship. And she just said, Oh, God, I worship you. That's how you worship. That's a start right there. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor mentioned something in the lesson today about the goodness of God. Goodness of God. You know, we were made in His image. And so we can kind of know that, you know, at least He's got to be something like us. Some of those feelings we have and emotions we have. But you know, you could, and I, I know we got a bunch of beautiful kids, and I want to hug them all. That's something else when you start getting a little age you want to do. You just hug all everybody's kids. I'm careful with that. I'm, I'm, but my granddaughter, she's four now, and she, uh, she climbs up, and I'm like, you know what? She's using all my minutes up on my phone because she watches cartoons or something. I'm like, I just hand it. But I'm like, I'm like, no, I got phone calls to make. I got text messages to get. I got all kinds of things. But she gets up on that chair, Brother J.D., right beside me. She puts her arms around me. She says, and she can't say phone just right. She calls it foie. She's been saying it. I don't know if it's French for phone or what, you know. She said, Papa, I want you foie. And I'm like, oh. And then, and then she got this. She learned right off. She says, I love you, Papa. You know, I heard her tell her mom, it melts my heart. I just feel like God's kind of the same way. When we say, I love you, Lord. I love you, I love you, Lord. 
Hallelujah. I don't believe he can resist that. I love you, Jesus. You know, she can be just as mean and into everything. I mean, you know, I took her to school that day and I was fixing to fly out and I said, baby, Papa's not going to be able to pick you up from school today. Me, or or mama, or somebody's going to do it. And I had this plan. I'm booking out of here. And I said, I got to go catch a flight. And she got up on the little console while we were waiting before the school opened. She said, Pop, Pop, you're my best friend. I'm I'm almost to cancel my flight. I'm almost, hey, I I can't come. It just just does it to you. It just breaks you down, Brother Jason. Get ready. But y'all already experienced some of it. And you just let them by with murder. That's what God does. He said, none of us are perfect. None of us ever get it just right. Oh, we think we do. We think we do for a little while. Next thing we know, we're in the pit again. And we, and we know. We know we messed up. That's why we have an altar. Amen. An altar doesn't have to be. It can be anywhere. But if you learn how to say, God, I, I do love you. I'm a bum. I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have said it like I said that. God, I, you know I love you, Lord. See, my wife's been doing that for years. I mean, she, she knows what a bum I am. But I can just take her by the hand and say, baby, I love you. I mean, I can, I can see it working on her right then. Just a little advice, Brother Bryant. Just a little advice here. Tell her you love her often. Don't be like the guy said, I told that woman I loved her 25 years ago when I married her. Why I, no, 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 do it again. <laughs> There's a beautiful spirit in the place right now. Hallelujah. Precious presence of the Lord. And some of you have learned how to get God in here. Hallelujah. You've learned how to get God in your life. Don't let that go. Hallelujah. God is real. Amen. He comes to see about us. He cares about us. Amen. Praise God. That pastor's going to come up and we're going to pray for somebody. Amen. I'll let you do this, Pastor. Hallelujah. Love every one of you. I'm like the country boy that we grew up with. He said, I don't care what they say about you. I like you. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to have revival around here. In fact, I feel it right now. Uh, Don't forget those announcements. Uh, David Smith's going to blow your mind when he gets here. He's going to blow your mind if you've never heard, even if you have. Hallelujah. Amen. Can't wait till he gets here. I know, and I know it's right on Christmas week. I understand that. It will be inconvenient for you. But but that's where the blessing is sometimes. When you're willing to be inconvenienced for the kingdom of God and the work of God. So let's let's mark that in your calendar. The 16th, that's on a Sunday. We're going to have two services. Amen. And fill the place up and God's going to fill people with the Holy Ghost. No telling them what's going to happen. God bless you. Amen. I, I didn't know he was going to give me the mic. But um, we... Uh, we have a, they're not, well, that's good news. I will do it this way. We have the future Mrs. Brian Thompson here today. She's not, she's, come on up. Brian, come on. They're not married yet, but they are newly engaged. So we, I was going to, uh, this is my wife's idea. So I'll follow the good, the wisdom of my wife. We uh, we'll get the elders to come together and some women. We're going to pray for them, pray for them, to God bless them, keep them safe, and uh, just bless them all around. 
And not only that, bless their families. Let everything go smoothly. So. Yeah, and she's moving here. So there you go. <laughs> we, uh, we told them that a long time ago. It's like, we don't, you know, you get married, it's fine, but you ain't going anywhere. Thompson, Sister Thompson, where y'all at? Yeah, I, I learned a long time ago too. People always say it's like when you get married, you don't just marry the one person; you marry their entire family. And uh, she—I don't know about her family yet, but she couldn't marry into a better family. Let's all pray together. Carolyn comes from a church where she teaches Sunday school and she is a Bible quiz coach. So get ready. She's the junior Bible quiz. So some of you juniors with Brother Brian and Sister Carolyn, I expect great things from a future Bible quiz team. All right. Um, Thank you all for coming out. Thank you for responding. And uh, thank you for your prayer for this new couple. New official couple. They're not new, but y'all dismissed in Jesus' name.